0: Thalassemia comes from the Greek word thalassa, meaning sea, as this genetic condition was prominent around the Mediterranean Sea. Beta-thalassemia is prominent around the Mediterranean Basin. Interestingly, it is thought that thalassemia traits convey some protection against malaria. Both alpha and beta-thalassemia are common in malaria-endemic areas, including Southeast Asia, South Asia, Africa, the Mediterranean, and the Middle East. Today, our patient has thalassemia, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by medical residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is titled, Approach to Thalassemia. Time for a minute physiology. Thalassemias are autosomal recessive hematologic conditions that result in impaired erythropoiesis and decreased red cell longevity. Thalassemias are caused by mutations or deletions in the alpha or beta globin genes, resulting in reduced globin protein production. Erythropoiesis occurs in the bone marrow, where hemoglobin is formed from an iron-containing ring heme and four globin proteins, two alpha and two non-alpha globins. Hence the name hemoglobin. Adult hemoglobin A has two alpha-globins and two beta-globins, and the ratios are tightly maintained. If there is not enough beta-globin production, or not enough alpha-globin production, then the person will develop lifelong anemia due to an inability to produce the typical amount of hemoglobin to fill each red blood cell. Typically, each person will have four fully functioning alpha-globin genes, one pair from each parent, which are located on chromosome 16. Alpha-thalassemia severity ranges from silent carriers to alpha-thalassemia, major, depending on the number of genes that are affected. Silent carriers are those with one of the four genes that is deleted or non-functional. They tend to have asymptomatic microcytosis, whereas people with alpha-thalassemia trait, two out of four genes functioning, have mild microcytic anemia. In alpha-thalassemia intermedia, hemoglobin H disease, people have only one functioning alpha-globin gene and have lifelong microcytic anemia and will sometimes need transfusion, particularly during physiological stress such as pregnancy or febrile illness. In alpha-thalassemia major, hydrops fatalis, all four alpha-globin genes are deleted or dysfunctional, resulting in severe anemia starting during fetal growth. This condition is usually fatal without intrauterine transfusion. Each person has two beta-globin genes, one from each parent. In beta-thalassemia minor, otherwise known as beta-thalassemia trait, one of the two beta-globin genes has a mutation, and patients typically have asymptomatic microcytic anemia starting within their first year of life. Beta-thalassemia intermedia is caused by two dysfunctional beta-globin genes that have reduced functionality. This is characterized by microcytic anemia and patients made in intermittent transfusions. Beta-thalassemia major is caused by two dysfunctional beta-globin genes, causing severe reduction in beta-globin production and resulting in transfusion-dependent anemia. Without good access to safe transfusion therapy, it can be associated with splenomegaly, bone deformities, and can be fatal during the pediatric years. Newer terminology classifies thalassemia into transfusion-dependent or non-transfusion-dependent to better reflect the severity and required treatments. Alright, so now that we've talked about basic physiology, let's talk about an approach. If an adult is a carrier of alpha or beta thalassemia, it is typically discovered incidentally. Thalassemia in adults is typically discovered incidentally. The person will usually have a microcytosis or microcytic anemia that may or may not be symptomatic. The differential diagnosis for microcytic anemia can be remembered by the mnemonic TAILS, which stands for thalassemia, anemia of chronic disease, iron deficiency, lead poisoning, and sideroblastic anemia. Remember, there can always be more than one process at play. Some of the features that should make you suspect thalassemia as an etiology of the microcytosis would be if the MCV is in the 60s or the low 70s, and if the red blood cell count is normal or high. Since it is an inherited trait, looking back over the patient's past blood work can also provide useful information. Have these abnormalities always been present? In most cases, people with thalassemia trait will not be acutely medically unstable due to their thalassemia. However, people with thalassemia intermedia or major may have more severe anemia and can have further drops in hemoglobin with physiological stress and require transfusion. Always start by assessing the patient's vitals, their ABCs, and whether they are in an appropriate monitored setting especially for patients requiring transfusion, ensure you have appropriate IV access. Once you have ensured the patient's stability, you can move forward with your assessment. On history, ask about symptoms of anemia, such as fatigue, pallor, shortness of breath, weakness, palpitations, and chest pain. Ensure to screen for any recent blood loss and risk factors for iron deficiency. Ask about swelling to the abdomen, bony pain, jaundice, unilateral leg swelling, and acute onset shortness of breath. Inpatients with transfusion dependence also screen for symptoms related to iron overload toxicity, such as hypogonadism, hyperpigmentation or bronzing, and arthralgia. Family history of thalassemia or the need for recurrent transfusion is important, as well as any recurrent late pregnancy losses or stillbirths. On physical examination, begin with inspection for pallor, jaundice, or scleral icterus. Complete a respiratory and cardiac examination assessing for cardiomegaly, tachyarrhythmias, and adventitial breath sounds. Perform a careful examination for hepatosplenomegaly, either through percussion of Trobe's space or Castell's sign, and palpation for the liver and spleen edges. Inspect for bony changes, including maxillary hypertrophy, frontal bossing, or bone pain at rest, with movement or to palpation. Carefully inspect for signs of thromboembolism, such as unilateral extremity swelling, erythema, and pain on movement. The initial workup for thalassemia includes a CBC and blood smear. These will show microcytosis with or without anemia. In 50% of cases, the RDW is within normal range. The blood smear often shows hypochromic microcytic red cells and target cells. Iron studies can be added to rule out iron deficiency. In thalassemia, ferritin and transferrin saturation are usually normal or even elevated, which can indicate iron overload. Hemolytic testing, including reticulocyte count and unconjugated bilirubin, may be elevated and haptoglobin may be reduced, but Coombs' test will be negative. Hemoglobin analysis through high-performance liquid chromatography HPLC, and hemoglobin electrophoresis and or genetic testing is required for definitive diagnosis of thalassemia. For thalassemia trait and non-transfusion dependent thalassemia, treatment is often not required. Disease education to prevent unnecessary future investigations and unuseful iron administration is beneficial. For patients with symptomatic thalassemia, intermittent transfusion may be needed, especially during times of physiological stress such as acute illness or pregnancy. These patients can also progress to transfusion dependence, requiring careful iron monitoring for overload and commencement of iron chelation therapy as needed. For people with thalassemia requiring transfusions, we target hemoglobin levels consistently above 90 grams per liter to treat anemia and to suppress erythropoiesis. If alpha-thalassemia major is diagnosed in a growing fetus, in utero blood transfusion can help maintain hemoglobin until birth, and the child will continue to require lifelong transfusions every two to four weeks. Curative treatment may include allogenic hematopoietic cell transplant or autologous transplant with gene modification. Other aspects of care include monitoring for iron overload, treating iron overload with iron chelation medications, management of other comorbidities, and involvement of a multidisciplinary team with continuity of care. Preconception testing and genetic counseling is also required for individuals with thalassemia trait and their partners. In a clinical trial called Gene Therapy in Patients with Transfusion-Dependent Beta Thalassemia, published in the New England Journal of Medicine 2018, it was found that gene therapy with modified autologous CD34-plus cells decreased or eliminated the need for transfusion in 22 patients with severe beta-thalassemia. This holds promise for patients with transfusion-dependent thalassemia for both decreased morbidity and mortality. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Approach to Thalassemia. This episode was written by Dr. Kate Levatt, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Madeline Verhasic, hematology, and Dr. Daniel Brandt Vegas, General Internal Medicine. The Internet Work was produced by Alison Lay and co developed by Zara Morali and Leia Karanopoulos. This episode was recorded and produced by Zara Morali. music by Laxman Zavantha Mohan. Please take a look at our website, theinternetwork.com, for an associated infographic. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.